Good morning, church. How's everybody doing today? All right. Bruce named this, but I think it's a very appropriate name, so I ran with it. Truth or Consequences. We're going to be reading out of 1 John 2, 18 through 29. Oh, yes. He came and reminded me, and I still forgot. If you're a little kid, follow Dottie. Oh, all right. All right. And if you're older and you're tempted to abandon me, there might be money in this for you. So, okay, coming up. Just keep that in mind. This is really not where most people go when they're on First John, to 2, 18 through 29. So it's probably a little less red. It may not even be that familiar to you. And uh, we'll go ahead and get started with what it says. It's fairly lengthy. Children, it is the last hour, just as you heard that Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have appeared. From this, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out, so that it would be shown that they are not of us. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father also. As for you, let that abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If you've heard from the beginning, if what you've heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. This is the promise which he himself has made to us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. As for you, The anointing which you receive from him abides in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you, but his anointing teaches you all about these things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it is taught you, you abide in him. Now little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame of his coming. If you know that he is righteous, You know that everyone also who practice righteousness is born of him. Shall we pray? Almighty God, today we talk about truth, your truth, the only truth. Lord, I pray that we know truth. Lord, I pray that we live in truth. Lord, I pray if we have strayed away that you bring us back to the path that leads to you. For, Lord, we do know that if we do not follow the truth, there are consequences and they are dire and they are steep. But, Lord, if we follow your truth, as your word says, we have eternal life. Lord, that is the direction we wish to go. Lord, help us get there. Lord, we thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
All right, since he called it truth or consequences, for a little bit we're going to play a game, okay? And by the way, you don't have to play, but I'm, I'm telling you there's money in it, okay? So it might, it might entice you. You know, I tried to look up truth or consequences because I know it was like a game show like way back in the 50s and 60s, that way before my time. I didn't know. My mom didn't even really remember what it was. I even, like, I wikipedia it. I still don't quite get what they were doing and what, what it was all about. So I just made my own little game show. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. There's a point behind all of this. We'll get there. I have three bills in my wallet, okay? Greenback dollars, right? You can't see them, but I'm going to talk to you about them. Okay, so if you want to play, what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to stand up if you want to play this game, okay? There may be money at the end, okay? I need some of you to stand up just for the fun of it, okay? So what you're going to do, this is how this game works. I'm going to talk about these three bills in my wallet. I call it the most valuable denomination. These are not church denominations, okay? These are money denominations. <clears throat> as soon as you think you have enough information to determine which one of these three bills is, has the highest monetary value, then sit down. As soon as you think, as soon as you see the thing that you think gives you enough information, sit down. One of you who sits down, when you start sitting down, I will ask you to explain how you know. And if you can sufficiently tell me, <laughs> if you can sufficiently tell me how you know by the information you have, you will get the largest monetary bill <clears throat> in my wallet. Okay? By the way, you have to be the one I call on. It's not everybody that sits down. I can't afford it. Okay. <clears throat> so here we go. Bill two and three are newer than bill one. Uh, I don't see anybody sitting down yet. Okay. We'll go to ten, fact number two. Bill one is the least wrinkle of all three. Oh, nobody thinks they can tell yet. Bill one was given to me as a birthday gift. I just thought you'd think I had really rich relatives, and that one would help you out. Okay. Bill three has the highest first digit, and bill one has the lowest. All right, I'm going to call on Tom. All right, Tom, how does that, get, how does that tell you which one... <coughs> It's not a guess. You've got to tell me how you know. Sorry, Tom. You don't have enough information. <laughs> ben Franklin is going to stay in my wallet. If he's even there. Okay. I, I'm too cheap to be friends with Ben Franklin right now, okay? Here we go. Bill 1 has more zeros than Bill 2, and Bill 3 has no zeros. 
I want you to think on this one for a little bit. Bill 1 has more zeros than Bill 2. How many zeros would that be, Tom, if it was Ben? That'd be two zeros. Did anybody sit down? So nobody thinks that's enough to make a decision? <laughs> I'm asking questions. <laughs> Bill 2 and 3 were received as change at the grocery store. Bill one is a $1 million bill given to me by my grandkids. One person sat down? Oh, well, yeah, you sat down a long time ago. You sat down way too early. This one right here should tell you which one is. But you're all still confused. You're just trying to figure out which one has the most. Okay, so let me help you out here. Number one isn't worth anything, except to me, because my grandkids gave it to me, so I keep it forever. Because it's really cool to have a million-dollar bill, by the way. Except when poor people wonder why you're not giving them that bill, and you're like, I don't think it'll really help you out too much. Okay. Bill three has no zeros. So, what are your options there? A five or two. One, two, or five. Oh. I fooled my own thing. Bill two has at least one zero. <laughs> Did anybody just sit down? Anybody want to guess? Which bill is the highest monetary value? You don't have to say what it is. You just have to say which bill it is. Bill two. All right. Then you win bill two. You do not, you do not get my million-dollar bill, but you win bill two. But my whole point of this, by the way, My whole point of this is if you assume that they are all real, you're going to be wrong. Okay? We get a lot of information in our world. Okay? All the time. Don't assume the information you're getting from the world is true. Because I can tell you that most of the information you get from the world is not true. What we're going to talk about today is about the church, okay? But I will tell you, not everybody, as you know, is in the church. So I'm going to tell you about ground zero, and we're not even talking about ground zero. But I'm going to read ground zero to you before we even get there. 
This is the world. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. They simply don't believe the truth. Because that which is known of God is evident to them. God made it evident to them. You see, the reason why I used a compass in this illustration is because wherever you have a compass in the world, you can find the direction of north because there is a magnetic pole that direction. God made in every single one of us a pole to him. If we use that as a compass, we're in good shape. Anything. You can't say, I made this a darker so you can see the words, but really, if you, if you just saw the beginning, the compass has truth, and all of the rest of it is lies, 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 lies. You need to understand, first and foremost, or you won't even get what we're talking about today, that there is only one truth. Now, I will tell you that the truth, I believe, is a belief in faith. And the truth, many of you, is a belief in faith. It is a belief, faith is our evidence that that truth is the one and only truth. The problem that John is fighting here is that there are other truths starting to be told about Jesus himself. We're not talking about the world that does not believe there is a God or the world that believes that there's some other God. We're talking about the church who believes that Jesus is Jesus. We're talking about changing that direction just a little bit and how devastating that can be. That's what John's talking about. That's what John's fighting. He doesn't want you to understand Jesus differently than who Jesus is because Jesus is everything. And if you miss who Jesus is, you're going the wrong direction. That's what he's talking about. But first, we got to start off with what is true. I would have thought that completely failed, but we had the video to set the really low standard, so I think I did okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. But the concept, by the way, when I went, worked at McDonald's, what they did is they gave us a sheet of exactly what dollar bills should look like. And they didn't care about dollar bills or $5 bills because that's not what people counterfeit. People counterfeit hundreds and fifties and a lot bigger. They don't spend their time with ones and fives. So they had a thing, exactly what a $100 bill looks like. Not what all of the counterfeits might possibly look like. All you needed to know and you stood and took money from somebody is what the real one looks like. That's what, John, that's what John is doing in all of 1 John. He is showing you what the real one looks like. So that when something changes, when you have a deviation of any time, any shape, any sort that starts sending you in the wrong direction, you recognize it in an instant. What? Or better off, if you understand John and what he's writing about, the answer really is who is true. This is Pilate and Jesus, just before Jesus is going to the cross and Pilate deciding what his fate is going to be. Therefore, Pilate said to him, so you're a king. Jesus answered, you say correctly, for I am a king. 
For this I have been born, and for this I have come into this world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So Pilate answered, asked probably what I would say is the, one of the, my second favorite question ever to be asked, Jesus. Anybody want to guess what my first favorite question is? It is not must, what must I do to be saved, because that's like what's in it for me. I don't like that question. My favorite question is, what is the greatest commandment? Out of everything that I've heard, what's, what's the one thing that I actually, number one, need to follow? Amen. We got an answer to that question. We didn't get an answer to this question. Why didn't we get an answer to this question? Because Pilate is like so many of the rest of us. He asked the second best question ever to be asked Jesus, what is truth? And then what does he do? When he said this, he went out again. <laughs> he walked away. You, you ask the person who has, has the answer to the greatest question, and then you turn and walk away. Are you like that? Do you ask God incredibly great things for him to answer, and you just turn and don't even listen to what the answer is? I wanted Pilate to stay just so I could hear the answer. <laughs> However, I think we, if, we know, if you know your word of God, you know what the answer to that question is. He simply would have said, I am. And the word became flex and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, the glory from the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out saying, this, is, this, this was he who of whom I said, he, the one who comes before me, is a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have received the grace upon grace, for the law was given through Moses, however grace and truth was realized in Christ Jesus. They'd never seen grace and truth until they saw Jesus. And then they saw both. And not just grace, I like how he said, grace upon grace. A grace beyond all understanding and a truth giving us the proper direction. I've told this to people before, and I'll say it again, because John talks about the new commandment. The first he says, isn't a new commandment. And then he does say, it. well, actually, it is a new commandment, because the old commandment was love your brother as yourself. Jesus had the new commandment, because now we had an example. We had the truth, love people like I loved you, like I love. We finally had a direction. We finally had a truth. We finally had a way to go. We finally had a person to look to that everything we read in the Bible about goodness and righteousness, he is the perfect example. We have the pole to north. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He's the direction, he's the truth, and he's everything. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? That is a question you need to ask yourself about Jesus. 
And we're gonna talk about, you can say who he is, and you can be right about what you say, and you can be completely wrong in your life. <laughs> Understand that. Truth is not about what you say. Truth is about who he is, and whether or not you're following the direction of who he is. If I say I'm going north, but I'm going west, does it help that I say I'm going north? <laughs> is it gonna help me get to where I wanna go this north? No, it doesn't make any difference whatsoever, and we'll talk about that later. Because it's about living in the truth. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it. And because no lie is of the truth. What he is fighting, just so you know, and Bruce has talked about it, so you may already realize, He's fighting the belief that Jesus wasn't actually a man. He was kind of spirit. We believe, or should I say I believe, I can't necessarily assume, what all of you in this room believe, that Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. If you take one of those away, you take away who Jesus is and you're no longer going truth. You're going a degree, 20 degrees, 30 degrees off. You're not like the, person, the fool who says in his heart there is no God who's going 180 degrees backwards, but you're not going to the truth. I was reading, as I was preparing for this, something I'd always heard and never looked into. So I looked into it. it says, um, the Jehovah Witness Bible changes the beginning of John. But it's not really that big of a deal because they only change one word. That's only like, what, one degree off? Actually, they change a word and a capitalization. So they're only two degrees off. Let me read what, how they change it. And you'll see what happens with degrees. They don't say that Jesus is not the Christ. It's a pretty important verse. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. And if you don't know here, the word is Jesus. And the word was with God and the word was God. The only change they make is they put an A in there and they change the God to a little G. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was a God with a little G a couple degrees off from the truth. Why is that problematic? Because first of all, there is only one God, okay? <clears throat> so if Jesus is a God, as in little g, he is not only a God, he is a false God, because <laughs> there's only one God. And if you start, go, you see what happens when you start going a direction that simply isn't true. 
It may be 99.999% true because they didn't change the rest of John, but they changed that one. And we'll get to the consequences later of changing. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who believed him, if you continue in my word, and then you are truly disciples of mine. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I want you to dwell on that verse just for a moment, because there's a couple things that you need to understand. And John will talk about this, and we'll get there, that part of believing, truly believing that Jesus is the Christ, is also truly believing that I need to follow Christ. I need to follow his direction. I need to use him as the example and follow that example. Because if I'm not following that example, I don't really believe he is the Christ. He says, if you continue in my word, if you continue in the direction, if you continue towards truth, then you'll know what truth is, and that truth will make you free. But you have to continue in it. It has to be a part of who you are. And, and we, John loves the word, and I love it right along with him. It, the word is abide. <laughs> you live there, okay? This is, these are not concepts that you just try to a, attain to. This is where you live. This is your home. You live in the truth. The one problem with the compass thing is it gives a sense of the truth is out there somewhere. No, the truth is right here for us today. We stay moving, not towards the truth. We stay in the truth. But then he talks about this antichrist. Again, this is the church that basically believed that Jesus wasn't actually a man. He was spirit, only spirit. Kind of like what we would say is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Holy Spirit's not 100% man. 100% Holy Spirit's 100% spirit. Jesus was different. They went out from us. The first thing you will see in a disagreement in the church is people going out someplace else. If you're not going to agree with me, I will start my own church. Because you're just not smart enough to realize what all of a sudden I just came to this revelation and I'm going to go this direction. And if y'all aren't going to go with me, then I will just go out and I'll find other people that will follow me. Which is exactly what they do is they go out and they have other people follow them. What's the problem with following them? They are not the truth. <laughs> okay? Understand that. They're not the truth. Be very, very, I'm not saying that it's not impossible because it has happened in history, but I would say generally, if you go to a church and say, well, how did you start this church? And they say, well, because we disagreed with another church. <laughs> Red flags. <laughs> Flying up in your face. Okay. It's even bigger red flags is when, well, I decided that they were all wrong, so I started my own church. You know, you laugh about that, but it happens all the time, okay? This happens all the time. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out so that it would be shown that they are not of us. He's not making the statement like we're better than they are. 
Who is the us? The us are the people who are living and abiding in the truth. They left the fellowship of those abiding in the truth. If you leave the truth, what are you following? A lie. Again, my compass, there's truth, and then all around the rest of his lives, any other direction, you're following a lie. Don't do it. Don't be the they. Be the fellowship of the us, those following Jesus. Who is the liar but the one who denies Jesus is the Christ? The other thing the Antichrist does is just denies Jesus is who he says he is. In whatever, whatever way he might do that. By the way, the devil is really good at it, okay? By the way, being good at lying is not a spiritual gift. <laughs> well, it might be a spiritual gift, but not the spirit you're thinking of. Lying is something God doesn't even ever do let alone become good at it. The evil one is really, really good at it. Incredibly convincing. And, the, and he's, he's not trying to change you 180 degrees. He's trying to change you that one degree so that at the end you don't get to where he doesn't want you to be. Don't let it happen. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? And there's a lot that goes with Jesus being the Christ. What is the Christ? The Christ is the anointed one of God. Come to the world to save the world. That the world would be saved through him. That's who the Christ is. The Christ is 100% God, 100% man. The Christ gave up his 100% man to die on a cross Still maintains in heaven that 100% man, by the way, because you can still see it. <laughs> but he gave up that life on the cross. He had to become 100% man in order to die for us. So what's the problem of believing that real, he really was only spirit? Well, if you believe he was really only spirit, then he cannot die for you. <laughs> okay? The problem with the lies is eventually they get to where you cannot get there from here. If you believe that Jesus was just a God, you cannot get to Jesus the Christ. If you believe that Jesus is just only spirit, you can't get to Jesus the Christ. For the word said, Emmanuel, God with us. That's who the Christ is. You can't keep changing. You can't change the focus. You can't change the truth. We have other things that are flying around that you see all the time. You, you see, like the health and wealth gospel. What's the problem with the health and wealth gospel? Is it true that some Christians become very healthy, wealthy, and wise? Yeah, they do. Some don't. That's not the focus. That's not the care. It's the direction of the truth. It's Jesus Christ. It doesn't say the truth is believing that if I, if I pray enough in the right direction with enough faith, I'll just end up with a lot of money. That's not the truth. The truth is to believe that Jesus is the Christ. Where's your focus? Is it on Jesus? You're in a better direction than if it's anything else. There's even some people that put things above Christ and make them holy 
cows that really, that's all they ever talk about. They'll preach about one thing nine times and you'll never hear, never hear the name of Jesus. Jesus is the reason we're here. If anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, those of our Christ, Lord Jesus Christ and with a doctrine conforming to godliness, then he is conceited and understands nothing. He's not a little misguided, okay? I don't understand anything. If you take Jesus out of the doctrine of what you believe, you don't understand anything. You've missed the whole point. Paul, Paul was a wonderful example when his name was Saul. He knew his scriptures better than I guarantee any of you know your scripture. He truly in his heart loved God with all of his everything. Only problem was he completely missed that Jesus was the Christ. To the point that he went around to those who believed that Jesus was the Christ and terrorized them. And in some case, murder. That's how a little bit of wrong can make a destructive life. This is the Antichrist. When, when, when I, I don't know what you think about the Antichrist and what that word comes and what you think in your head when you hear Antichrist. Because I'll tell you what happened to me. I, I, was, I grew up in the 70s, okay? Now, you, now that tells you a lot of stuff, I know. Okay? Our church was really big on the whole end times thing. And I'll talk a little bit about that when we get there, because John's talking about that. Jesus is coming back, by the way. This Christ is coming back. But they were a little oddly focused on some things, the Antichrist being one of them. The Antichrist was one guy. John says there are many Antichrists even back then. So we know that it's not just one guy, Okay. And so, and you think it's one guy, then all of a sudden you get like Hitler was an Antichrist, and there's another, you know, there's always, everybody's looking at their people of today and deciding who is the Antichrist of the day, like there's one guy. So it always, that's always what I thought about. That's not what John, he's, he's not talking about a one guy here. He's talking about anybody who would lead you in a different direction than Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the one and only Son of God. Jesus is the source of truth. Anybody that sends you a different direction, albeit one degree, has the spirit of the Antichrist. Every now and then we find ourselves with that spirit. You need to knock that spirit off. All of a sudden something becomes more important than Jesus and we have to kick ourselves and say, well, wait a minute. Let's go back to what is important. Because I'll tell you, if you don't focus, it's easy to stray. I went, I got lost going down a mountain one time. It's really the only time. I, I, have, I have a compass with me every time I go, I go on big hikes, okay? Every time I go where my GPS is, is questionable, I have a compass. I got lost on a mountain, and I knew if I just go south, I'll end up pretty close to where I need to be. But I didn't look at my compass enough. 
So, and trust me, if you think you're going one direction and you don't focus on something that's that direction, all of a sudden you're like, I'm going like west and I don't know how long I've been going west. And that's how the truth is. If you don't focus on Jesus, focus on the word, focus on the Holy Spirit in your life, all of a sudden you'll be going west and you don't even know how long I've been going west. And then what really bugs me is when people have been going west spiritually thinking for about the last nine months and then they're, they're angry, I don't know why God put me here. Well, God didn't put you here. You've been going west for a really long time. God was that direction. You decided to go that direction. You put you there. Again, these people understand nothing. They, they, they understand a lot of stuff. Don't get me wrong. People, everybody understands a lot of stuff. They just don't understand what's real. <laughs> and that can be problematic. You, this is tough words, by the way. This is Paul talking to the Galatians. I think it's Galatians 5.4. Can't see it on the screen. You have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. What did they do? What could have possibly been this horrible that he'd say things like you've been severed from Christ? I'll tell you what they did. They quit believing that Jesus was the Christ. Not, and if you would ask them, is Jesus the Christ? They'd have said, absolutely. Well, what does Jesus the Christ do? Well, Jesus the Christ saved me from all of my sins. Jesus Christ brought grace upon grace. Well, they decided to put grace in the back seat and start again living by the law. I'm going to earn my way to this thing. I'm going to earn my way to truth. <laughs> you can't get there from here that way. They decided that the law was more important than the grace of Jesus and what Jesus actually came to do. They, they severed themselves from Christ. They basically now said that Christ's death on the cross is no longer that important. My ability to follow the law is. You can't get there from here. So what is the work of the Antichrist? The third thing is to deceive the faithful. Understand that. that that's what Satan does not have to work very hard on the world. They're already going the wrong direction. He just wants to work here. He wants to do his work here. He wants to deceive you, again, maybe just a little bit. It doesn't have to be a lot. It just has to be sending you in a different direction than Jesus actually is. These things I have written you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness and righteousness. Don't let it happen. By the way, there's a lot of places, a lot of, a lot of I, had, I had a whole bunch of pages about deception. <laughs> about the evil one trying to deceive the church, tries to do it all of the time. I always say this because a, 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 a professor said this one time. He says, if, if, you don't, if you don't meet Satan like head on at least once or twice a day, you're probably going the same direction. <laughs> you need to think about that. If Satan's not working on you, 
It's probably because he doesn't need to, and that's a problem. Because he wants to deceive you. But I want to talk about this, what I call the ultimate deception. The ultimate deception is the worst of them all. Because the ultimate deception is when you have deceived yourself. It's one thing to know what the truth is, and then somebody does something like this, and you're like, uh, but when the truth has, when due north has moved, (laughs) okay, your compass is broken. You think you're going north, it says you're going north, and you are going to off the cliff. (laughs) I will tell you, if you read 1 John, and I suggest you do, it's only five chapters, won't take you very long, that's what he writes the book about. And we'll talk about that in a second. He wants you to know. He wants you to know north. He wants you to be living north. He wants you to be abiding north so that you stay north. He doesn't want you going west thinking you're going north. John is all about love. John is all about Jesus. John is all about truth. He wants you to stay in all of that. And he wants you to know that you are. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous, that being Jesus. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin, because sin, because his seed abides in him, and he cannot sin. Because he is born of God. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. They should be obvious. (laughs) If you pay attention, it'll be obvious. It's when you quit paying attention, it becomes less obvious. The one who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. Those people aren't from God. And just so you know, what does living in the truth look like? Okay? He lets you know. (laughs) What does living outside of the truth look like? He lets you know. And we're going to go there. There's a big list. I I didn't put passages on all these, but these are all from 1 John. Everything you see here is from 1 John because he wants you to know whether you're going the truth or you're just not. Because he doesn't want you to think you are and be wrong. I, and I also, just, just so none of you took this personal, I made it a we, okay? <laughs> but if I were you, I would use an I here, okay? But again, I made it a we, because John makes it a we all the time. They, let, they, they went out from us, so this is a we. How do we know that we're living in the truth? Well, it's obvious, as John just pointed out. If we abide in him and he's in us, if we believe in the name of Jesus, of his son, Jesus Christ, if we believe Jesus is the Christ, if we confess that Jesus is the son of God, if we confess that Jesus has come in the flesh, which by the way, that one hit the one that he's talking about, the the ones that did not believe that he actually did come in the flesh. If we confess our sins, if the blood of Jesus His son cleanses us from all sin. If we are born of God and know God, 
if we know God listens to us, if we have fellowship with one another, if our hearts do not condemn us, if we keep his commandments, if we observe his commandments, if we do the things that are pleasing in his sight, if we keep his word, if his commandments are not burdensome to us, if we walk in the light, if we love one another, if we love the Father, if we have overcome the world, if we believe that the Son of God and have testimony in ourselves with that belief, if we walk in the same manner as he walked. The number one, and we'll talk about this towards the end, if we have the Son. <laughs> That's the big thing right there. Do you have the Son? That's what living in the truth looks like. And he says it's obvious. It's obvious if that's your life, if that's where you abide, if that's where you live. If you're in the truth, that's just what your life looks like. That's what you believe. That's who you count on. How do you know if you're living a lie? He has a lot of these, and, and we've heard it in some of the, the uh, messages in the last few weeks, this if you say. <laughs> okay? If you say means a couple of things. Okay? If you say could mean if you just say it and it's not true, but if you say can also mean if you think it's true. <laughs> Either way. One way, you're just a hypocrite. The other one, you're just deceiving yourself. Both are dangerous. The problem with deceiving yourself is you don't even realize it's a problem. You think you're still heading for due north. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness... You're living a lie. If we say that we have no sin, if we say that we have come to know him and do not keep his commandments, if we say that we are in the light yet hate our brother, if we practice sin and lawlessness, if we do not love, if we abide in death, if we love the world or anything in the world, if we do not know God, if we have the world's good, see a brother in need and close our heart towards him, if we do not confess Jesus, if we do not listen to God's anointed, if we do not believe God, if we do not have the Son. He says it's pretty clear. <laughs> His whole point of this thing is to make it pretty clear whether you are in the sun or whether you're outside of the sun. Why does he want you to know? Because if you're not in the sun, by the way, no matter where you're at today, whether you are the world and going 180 degrees wrong or whether you've just kind of went started off a little bit in the wrong direction, for all of you, there is a road to the truth. <laughs> Understand no matter which road you've been down, no matter where you've been, there's a road to the truth. He wants you on the road. And it's not just about eternal life, by the way. It's about life, this life. It's about all life. It's about being with Jesus. So this is what I say about that. Grow up and lift up. As a result, we no longer are children tossed here and there by waves carried about with every kind of doctrine, by trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects of him who is the head, Christ. Get rid of that. Go that direction. Grow up. 
And by the way, not everybody, some of your friends are going the wrong direction. It is not very much of a friend to be going north and you see your friend wandering off and saying, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) Oh, never mind, I don't care what he's doing. (laughs) It's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to say, whoa, we're going this way. My brethren, if anyone among you strays from the truth, go in the wrong direction and turn, turn him back. Let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Grab him. <laughs> send him. But you can't send him your direction if you're not in the truth. <laughs> Somebody needs to be grabbing you. But John talks first, first and foremost at the beginning. I put it at the end because he actually he bookmarks this and what we're talking about today. There's an urgency. <laughs> Don't think, and too many people do, well, I can wander down this road for a while. <laughs> I have time to turn back. That is the thing that he's fighting here, this concept of, oh, I can do that later. I can get back to the truth later. He's not talking later. It's the last hour. You should be acting like, I need to get back abiding now, okay? I don't have time for this continuing living my way. I need to start living God's way right now, or this is the last hour, just as you have heard the Antichrist is coming. Even many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know there's a lot, last hour, there's a bunch of people trying to change you and go in the wrong direction. The whole world is trying to change you, go in the wrong direction. Stay on the right direction and and get on it now if you're not there. Now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may be confident. And not shrink back from the shame that is coming like, oh, no, I should have known better. (laughs) Don't just do it because... you know, I, I heard this as part of my 70s teaching. You need to act like Jesus is coming back today because you need to be scared into scared, scared straight. This isn't about fear. God's not about fear. God's about love. He wants you on his direction because he wants you to have life. He wants you to have life abundant. And this direction, whatever it is you're going, it's not working for you, okay? You might think it is right now. It's not. And unfortunately, that's one of the things that God does, quite frankly, is like we see with the prodigal son, is much like what God is. God says, if you want to go that direction, I will let you go that direction. He's much like a parent in that thing. He's like, okay, see how that works for you, because it's not going to. We want to have confidence when Jesus gets back. Praise God Jesus is back. By the way, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, but some will be shrinking away in shame. Some will be glorifying in his glory. You want to be on that side. If you know that he is righteous, then you know everyone also practice righteousness is born of him. You want to be born of him. And I want to talk about this last hour thing because I think this last hour thing for so many churches, so many denominations, it becomes the degrees off. I studied fairly clearly all the way through when I did this about the end time. Okay? I'm going to tell you what the Bible says about the end times. It doesn't say focus on the end times. 
It certainly does not tell you to focus on the Antichrist. No matter where it says, it's focus on the gospel and focus on Jesus, it's focus on victory. 2 Thessalonians 2, why is that up there? That's the one where we get that the Antichrist is a guy. The lawless one, as it says. and He's, he's the one that's going to fool everybody, and they're all going to follow him. So what do we do? We start having classes about who this guy is. We start focusing on this guy. That's not what it's about. Again, know the, what the real bill looks like. Know who Jesus Christ is. Know the truth. When that guy shows up, there'll be no question in your mind, no, I'm following that guy. Don't study that guy. Study that guy. This is what Thessalonians tells you, that you may gain glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it teaches you. It doesn't teach you about the Antichrist. It teaches you that glory is in Jesus. Matthew 24 through 25, when, when Jesus is talking about his second coming, what's he telling you? He's not telling you to try to figure out what day it's going to be. He's not, he's not telling you, look at all of these things, because the, you can go down this wrong road as long as you want until you start seeing these things happen, and then you go to the truth. That's not what it's teaching you. It's teaching you to be ready right now. So if he comes right now, praise God, you're ready for him to come. And you're excited about him coming. Then you will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of the sky, the glory and great glory. That's what, that's what it's talking about. And we get to be taken up with him. Revelations 13 through 14, what's that talking about? That's the, that's the whole mark of the beast thing. By the way, if you want to know the entrance to hell, I'll tell you where it is. It's on Pacific Avenue. Okay, because me and my wife walk on Pacific Avenue, and the city is in marked numbers, right? And there is a grate, a street grate, you know, a drainage thing. It says six, six, six. I know, I know, I know the gates right there. <laughs> Trust me, there are there are classes and classes about this mark of the beast and the six, 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 and all this kind of thing. But you know what that's really talking about? Right starting in 14, right after the mark of the beast. It's not about the mark of the beast. Don't focus on the mark of the beast. Focus on the truth. Then I looked and behold, the lamb was standing on Mount Zion. You know who the lamb is, right? We sung about it today. Understand that all, all of that is saying, abide in Christ. So that when he comes... We just go with him because we're already with him. <laughs> this isn't a, a know it's going to happen before because then he can be with somebody else until he starts to come. It's just be with him now. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. That's truth. That's where truth is. Anything else, when you see the world making decision and the world, even now what churches do, most are not here. Even a lot of churches and the decisions they make are not here. The decisions you make need to be here. Fixing, because that, that, that arrow that points to truth, 
fixing your eyes on Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. By the way, this was truth or consequences. <laughs> and if I was a hellfire and brimstone preacher, we could be here for another four hours and I can tell you about the consequences. I'm not one of those guys. I want to focus on Jesus. So I just have a couple verses for you on the consequences. Why does it matter? Why do you need to be in the truth? I took from Psalms, so I got an Old Testament, I got a New Testament. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. You will not be with God. Truth is the direction to be with God. Don't follow the truth, you won't be there. This is why John wrote that whole letter, by the way. <laughs> he who has the Son is life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that so that you may know that you have eternal life. That's why he wants it. He does not write this book so that you may know that you have eternal death. <laughs> okay? That's not why he's writing this. He's writing that you might know that you have, have life, eternal life, that you have the Son. But he also, he also, in the reading, you will know, wait a minute, I guess I really don't have the Son, and then you'll get on that track. You'll get on the track of truth. You'll get on the track that Jesus is the Christ. You'll have him as your Lord and Savior. That's where he wants you to be. He, he's not writing this so that you'll know what your consequences are if you choose poorly. He wants to write this so you know what your consequences are, but really are outcomes <laughs> to be with God. Choose Christ, for Christ is the truth. Shall we pray? Almighty God, we thank you so much for bringing your son into this world, God with us, Emmanuel. Lord, that all of the sin that we have committed in our lives can be washed away. Lord, I pray that we would fix our eyes on Jesus, that he would be our moral compass, that he would be our everything compass, for he is always our best example of everything good. Lord, I pray that we would walk as he has walked and continues to walk. Lord, I pray that as we sung today that we will follow him where he moves, we will move. Lord, I pray that is true. Lord, I pray that we don't say things that simply aren't true or even worse off, believe things that simply aren't true. Lord, I pray that we only believe in you, the one true God, your son, your spirit. Lord, we thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name, amen.